once again, let's look to the Lord in prayer and ask for his blessing upon the ministry of the word. This message is about eternal life. In Matthew 25:46, we read, And these shall go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Father, please bless the ministry of your holy word this afternoon. Attend it by the Holy Spirit and glorify your name. We look to you, we trust in you, because all things are possible with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say to the people from Amazing Grace Catskill that because we had technical difficulties with the recording on Sunday morning, I am re-recording this message that I delivered on Sunday morning, the 26th of April. It won't be exactly the same. It couldn't possibly be. But I trust that we will know the help and blessing of God. And for me to speak about eternal life a second time is no burden for me whatsoever. I delight in the opportunity and privilege of even talking about such things. As I said on Sunday that this was the seventh week that we have been without church services and the sixth week that we had been meeting by phone conference calls. And I underscore how much we need hope, not just for a return to normalcy, but for a radically better life in a totally new world. On last Sunday, we considered the second coming of Christ as an unmistakable event with unfathomable consequences. The resurrection of the dead, the glorification of the church, the destruction of the world, the judgment of mankind, and eternal life in new heavens and earth, which is the focus of this message. And these shall go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And I would like to open up the idea of eternal life under two main headings. The first is things that we see here in this life on earth that when we come to eternal life, we will never see again. And secondly, things that we have never seen before here in this life on earth that we will see and experience when we have eternal life. So first of all then, things that, thanks be to God, we will never see again. And first of all, no more sin and no more curse. And in Revelation chapter 22, verses 3 through 5, we read, And there shall be no curse anymore. And the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be therein, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and they will reign forever and ever. 
They will reign forever and ever because there will never again be a fall into sin. They will never do wrong forever. There will never be a curse again forever. Secondly, there will be no more suffering, sorrow, and tears. God will give us rest from affliction, pain, and sorrow. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7-10, to 10, we read, And to you that are afflicted, rest with us at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven, with the angels of his power in flaming fire. When Christ comes, his people from that time on will experience rest. There will be no more affliction. To you that are afflicted, rest. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more grief. And in Revelation 21 and verse 3, we read, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his peoples, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Neither shall there be mourning, that is, grief, over the loss of someone you love, nor crying, nor pain anymore. The first things are passed away. We will never see it again. No more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, no more affliction, no more suffering. The things that we have seen and known here our whole life, we will never, ever see them again forever. They will fade into the distant past. And along with them, there will be no more death. In that same text we read, and death shall be no more. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 22 and 23 and 26 we read, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ will all be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruits. After that, those who are Christ's at his coming, the last enemy that will be abolished is death. There will be no more funerals. There will be no more memorial services. There will be no more burials and interments, no more cremations, no more graveyards. These things will be in the distant past. We will have death no more and suffering no more and tears no more and sin no more and curse no more forever. We will never, ever see those things again. And no more devil, no more demons. God will destroy the devil and the demons in the lake of fire, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, we read, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. 
There will be no more temptation. Never be tempted to sin again. No more demonic oppression. Ever again forever. And no more evil world. God will destroy the wicked in hell. We read in Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, And if any was not found written in the book of life, he was cast into the lake of fire. And Peter speaks of the destruction of the earth as the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. God will destroy all the wicked. There will be no more pressure from the world. No more persecution from the world. No more mocking from the world. No more society of the wicked to vex us with its wicked ways. They will perish in the fire. Then they will stand before God. Then they will be sent away to eternal punishment. Jesus said, these shall go away into eternal punishment in the lake of fire and they will never bother us again they will never mock us again they will never persecute us again they will never vex us again no more evil world no more devil and demons no more death no more suffering no more sin no more curse these things that we see now when we have eternal life we will never ever See them again. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. But not only are there things, awful things that we see now that we'll never ever see again. There are things that we will experience in eternal life that we have never seen before. And we will experience them forever and ever. Things which, to me, are in many ways unimaginable. And I can't fully explain, or even some of them partially explain, exactly what they mean. But my hope is that someday we'll all know, by seeing and hearing with our own eyes and ears, exactly and precisely what these things mean. And first among them, everlasting glory and blessing, Jesus says in Matthew thirteen forty three, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And he says in Matthew 25, 34, Come you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There will be everlasting glory. We will be glorified. You and I have never seen a Christian shining like the sun, but we will. We have never heard the voice of Jesus with our own ears saying, Come, you blessed, but we will. He will bless us and glorify us, and God's people will shine like the sun and hear with their own ears the voice of Jesus commending and blessing them. Secondly, not only will we see 
things we've never seen before, everlasting glory and blessing, we will also hear everlasting commendation and receive everlasting reward. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. Now, you might think that this is a threatening text, but it isn't. He's not saying that when the Lord comes and makes known the secret things of God's people and God's servants, that all these horrible scandals and skeletons are going to come out. No, that's not what this is about. He says, the hidden things of darkness will be known and the secret counsels of the hearts will be manifested. And then look what he says next. And then shall every man have praise from God. God will reveal the genuine grace that's in the heart of every one of his true people. And he will praise that very work that he himself did in us. Well, if it's his work, why should he praise us? He praises us for his work that he did in us because he's full of condescension, kindness, and grace. And to him be all the glory. And in 2 Timothy 4.8 we read, And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And you might think, well, this is just something special for the Apostle Paul because of his great labors. But then look what he says. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. So it's not something, this crown of righteousness which is unique to the apostle, but this is the reward of every Christian because of our union with Jesus Christ. Whatever this crown of righteousness is, we will wear it, and when we do, we will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of our Father. And we hear from his lips, well done, good and faithful servant, and every genuine Christian will have his praise from God. Something we have never, ever seen before. The praise and reward of every genuine believer. And then, thirdly, something else we've never seen and heard before. Never seen and heard everlasting glory and blessing. Everlasting, secondly, commendation and reward. Thirdly, new heavens and earth. God's new creation. We read in 2 Peter 3, verse 7, and then 11 and 13 to 13, but the heavens that now are in the earth, by the same word, have been stored up for fire, being reserved against the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Then verse 13, seeing that these things are thus to be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy living and godliness, looking for and desiring the coming of the day of God, by reason of which 
the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. But, according to his promise, we look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. This heaven and this earth wherein we now live will be destroyed by fire. With a great noise, the atmosphere being on fire will be ripped off the earth. The surface of the earth, the elements will melt with fervent heat. All the wicked will be destroyed. And God, from the ashes of this ruined creation, will build for us new heavens and new earth wherein dwell righteousness. Something we've never seen before unfathomable. We will witness with our own eyes and hear with our own ears the supernatural power and glory of God bringing into existence new heavens, new earth, where we will dwell and serve him forever and ever. Exactly what that will be, we don't know. But someday we'll see it with our own eyes. And we'll see it in glorified bodies and souls. Something we've never seen before. I've never seen a glorified body. I have never experienced or met a sinless soul. But in 1 John 3, 2, we read, Beloved, now are we children of God, and it is not yet made manifest what we shall be. We know that when he shall be manifested, that is at his second coming, we shall be like him, for we shall see him even as he is. We shall be like him. That is, we shall be conformed to his humanity. We will be conformed to his impeccable soul. We will be conformed to his immortal body. Our body will be made like his resurrection glorified body. Our soul will be like his impeccable human soul so that we can never sin again and we can never die again forever and ever. And we've never experienced that here, but we will experience it at the second coming of Christ. Those of us that are alive will in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, have our souls and bodies glorified. Those that are already in heaven with their souls glorified at death will come back with Christ and their bodies raised from the dead and reunited to their glorified souls. And all together, heaven and earth united forever and ever, conformed to Christ's human nature with glorified bodies, glorified souls that can never sin again, never die again, forever and ever, in new heavens and earth, in glory, shining like the sun, commended, Rewarded. Never seen it before. And finally, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, thus in this way we will ever be with the Lord. No more isolation. No more isolation. And I heard a voice out of the throne saying in Revelation chapter 21.3, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he shall dwell with them and they shall be his peoples, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. In Revelation 
chapter 22, 4 and 5, and they shall see his face. And there will be no night anymore. They need no light of lamp, neither light of sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Now we're separated from one another by death, heaven and earth. God's people on earth, God's people in heaven. But there'll be no more separation, no more isolation. We're going through right now a time of particular isolation. But there'll be no more isolation, no more separation. We will see his face. God's family will be together with God and Christ forever. And God will give us light like he did on the first day of creation when he said, let light be. He gave light to the creation without the sun and by, for three days and by supernatural power, he will give us light. We don't need a sun to have light. We can have, we have God's word which gave light to creation for three days and which will give light to us in new heavens and earth forever and ever. God's family will be together forever. We will ever be with the Lord. We will ever be with one another. No more loneliness. No more isolation. No more separation forever and ever. Beloved brothers and sisters, these are things that we've never seen before. Everlasting glory and blessing. Everlasting commendation and reward. New heavens and earth. Glorified bodies and souls. God's family together forever with God, with Christ, with one another in glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So there are things we'll never see again. Things we've never seen before, but we will see forever associated with eternal life. By way of application, 1 John 3, verses 2 and 3 says this, Beloved, now are we children of God, and it is not yet made manifest what we shall be, but we know that when he shall be manifested, we shall be like him. And everyone that has this hope set on him purifies himself even as he is pure. Be ready to go. Make sure you get there. Live like you're going there. Purify yourself in hope and expectation that Jesus is coming. Live in such a way that's compatible with this wonderful hope that Jesus will soon be here. Never lose heart. It won't be long. And soon we will see it with our eyes and hear it with our ears. Glory, commendation, new creation, glorified bodies and souls, reunion and union and communion forever and ever. Even so come, Lord Jesus. May God be pleased to bless the ministry of his holy word. One, one final thing, let me say. I don't know who's listening to my voice or who may listen to my voice, but this text talks about hope. We have hope and this is our hope. 
If you're not a Christian listening to this, you can have the very same hope that we have. And you can have that hope the very same way that we got that hope. And that is by turning away from your sins and by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus to save you from your sins. Repentance toward God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, this is a time of isolation for many of us. Time to reflect, time to think about life, about values and priorities. If you're living right now without hope, you don't have to continue to live that way. You don't have to live in despair. You can have the hope of glory that I've spoken about today, and that can be yours just like it's ours. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you also will have that hope. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege of speaking about eternal life, about the things that we will never, ever see again. Thank you, God, for that hope, for the things that we've never seen yet, but we will see forever and ever. Thank you for that hope. Thank you for the wonderful hope of eternal life. Encourage your people at Amazing Grace Catskill. Build them up. Encourage their hearts. And if anyone's listening to this who's living without hope, that you would have mercy on them like you've had mercy on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.